I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Optimism over the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill seems to be gaining a little bit of steam. The last hurdle is simply transit, which I thought was what a transportation bill was actually about, but they're still trying to figure out how much to spend on transit and broadband, uh, which again, I think was the purpose of this whole transportation bill, but that debate continues uh, to happen. Democrats in Washington, D.C. continue to offer the Republican counterparts uh, the sleeves off their vest in their negotiations, uh, letting things go in the $1.2 trillion version and then tucking them nicely and neatly into a nearly $4 trillion package that will be passed through reconciliation and only Democratic votes. So the question today really is, does any of this add up? And if it adds up, to what? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. It is time to think again about what this spending really means. And the Democratic spending bills, if you add all of those up, it is uh, trillions and trillions being added to our national debt. Uh, What do those figures really mean? Where does that money come from? What's the long-term impact? What does it mean for, for all of us? What could it mean uh, for us and for the future? Brian Riedel's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, he focuses on budget, tax, and economic policy. Uh, former uh, chief economist for Senator Rob Portman, who's in the middle of a lot of, of, a lot of those negotiations on uh, Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. He joins us live on the line now. Brian, thanks for uh, jumping on today. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. You uh, you wrote a great piece in the dispatch uh, talking about trillions and trillions of dollars. Uh, when you add it all up, uh, it's a whole lot of money. Yeah. If you add up the three and a half trillion dollars in the, the reconciliation bill we keep hearing with all the other spending bills that they're talking about and the one point nine trillion dollar non-stimulus bill they just did, you get about an, a six month spending spree of eight trillion dollars. Now, the number is so big, people can't comprehend what $8 trillion is. It's five times bigger than the Republican tax cuts that that we were told we couldn't afford. It would be enough to deposit $60,000 into every uh, family's bank account in America. It would be enough to eliminate the employee side of the payroll tax. It's the biggest spending spree since World War II. 
and they're going to do this in six months. Just the interest, it will be enough to bury us moving forward. Wow. I, I want to break down those numbers just a little bit because uh, for for our, our listeners who just drove into the ditch, <laughs> we want them to come back out and uh, and let's really think this through. So $8 trillion, again, this is just in six months. This is yep. five, five times the uh, President Trump tax cuts. And and every family in America could have $60,000 dropped into their account. It is, it is that much. $8 trillion would be enough to otherwise put a $60,000 deposit into every family's bank account. Instead, it's going to go for an enormous and unending grab bag of various liberal wish list items that have been sitting on the shelves for decades. Uh, not only that, you're actually going to be paying for it uh, because you know either they're going to raise your taxes now or they're going to raise your taxes later. And in the meantime, the thing about $8 trillion in interest is even if you assume a 3% interest rate, which is pretty low compared to what the Congressional Budget Office assumes, yeah. you're going to be, the federal government is going to have to pay $240 billion in interest just on this spending spree every year forever. $240 billion. That would be enough money to double veterans' benefits mm. or triple the highway program. That's just what we're going to have to spend in interest not on the whole debt, just the interest on this debt. Just on that eight trillion, uh, and, yes. and that is stunning. And I know there's there's even more uh, to be going. I wanted to ask you about this uh, because you've been in uh, a lot of these negotiations in the past uh, in your time on Capitol Hill. Uh, because I, I know that uh, not only are the Democrats, uh, as you said, going to pull everything off of the wish list that's been sitting on the shelf, uh, but there's also a lot of Republicans who are recognizing, okay, this uh, the 1.2 trillion is is going to get signed by the president as that moves forward, uh, and and suddenly the lobbyists are coming out of the the woodworks there on Capitol Hill because they know, hey, if I can get something tucked in here, I, I'm actually going to get it. Yeah, this is this is how it works um, when when when. When lobbyists and then the special interests get a sense that the Christmas tree is, is, is coming and it's going to get enacted, everyone wants to hang their ornament on the Christmas tree. All the lobbyists come out of the woodwork. And that's, when, that's, that's why this bill was designed the way it is. It's not, an eight tr- it's not a huge moonshot for one item. It's not like we're going to put this all into roads or we're going to put this all, you know, we're going to build an amazing light rail system. It's a little bit for everything. It's a little bit for everybody. Not enough to actually fix anything, but just enough to make every special interest group, every lobbyist, and every constituent just a little fat and happy, rather than actually picking one thing and fixing it. Yeah, and so there is going to be a lot on there. I uh, I really appreciate, Brian, that you brought up the fact of just the interest on this, we've often talked on this show that uh, you know currently we're almost paying zero interest, uh, mm-hmm. on, and if you take that full thirty trillion, and even if the interest rates just ticked up to historic averages, not just not a big spike, just a historic average, uh, we'll be paying so much in interest. Like there's no tax increase that could even come close to just paying the interest on that every year, let alone continue to fund fund the government. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Anyone who has really big student loan debt can tell you that at a certain point, you owe so much money that even a low interest rate won't bail you out, you know? And the debt is heading towards $100 trillion over the next 30 years, even before we do the Biden spending spree. At that point, even with low interest rates, 
um, interest would consume half of all of our tax dollars, mm. even with low interest rates. It would be the biggest item in the federal budget. And the danger is if interest rates do rise, and let's be honest, I think it's dangerous to assume they're going to be this low forever. Yeah. Every point interest rates rise costs $30 trillion over 30 years in higher interest. Wow. So it, it's kind of like a homeowner who's taken out a huge 30-year mortgage because today's interest rates are low, but not locking in the interest rate, just mm. hoping the heck they stay low, because if they do rise at any point over the next 30 years, this homeowner is going to get buried. Yeah, that's exactly right. And of course, when those uh, rates go up or when those uh, interest payments skyrocket uh, and we figure out that we can't do this, the people who are going to get hurt the most uh, by all of this uh, are the poor and the most vulnerable among us. Exactly. That's, that's the economic instability here is really hard. I mean, right now we're dealing with inflation of five and a half percent. And I can tell you, I don't know many people who are getting raises of five and a half percent. And the higher inflation and the government spending and the borrowing is going to drive similarly higher interest rates. It's going to make it a lot harder for people to get raises uh, adjusted for inflation. It's also the interest rates are going to make it really hard to get a home loan or, or a car loan. Or if you're just if you're a first time home buyer the cost of your home just went up and then the cost of the interest on your mortgage are are going up as well so if you're trying to grab that first rung of the ladder by buying your first house it just it just moved further away all right Uh, great insight as always brian Reed. it's a great piece uh, you can check out on the dispatch trillions and trillions uh and again brian is a senior fellow at the manhattan institute always appreciate brian's perspective on all of this it's so critical for us to think again uh about what this really means what does this spending really mean who is it really going towards and for and what is it really delivering is it delivering outcomes and results that are actually going to help the american people think about it think again with lloyd matheson on ksl news radio I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.